In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear, to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open, you be queen, you were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed schoolchildren who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. King told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come, dropping gem, dropping gem. Hey, welcome back. Another episode of the Dropping Gems podcast. We're on episode 19 today. I'm your host, Debbie Brown, and it has been a while. (laughs) I know y'all got questions. Uh, I have some answers for you. So we're really going to explore so much in this episode. We're going to talk about all that's been going on throughout the pandemic, what I've been up to, some really big epiphanies that I've had in this time. And I really want to touch on our collective consciousness. So what we are witnessing in the world, how we're experiencing it. We're going to unpack all that good stuff this episode, but I would be remiss if I didn't start off by saying, thank you, God. 
number one, thank you, God, for the gifts of our lives and even for the gifts of the pandemic and the gifts of this really challenging moment in time. But also, thank you, God, for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. (laughs) They are officially our president and vice president-elect. And my God, you know, when I thought as this election cycle was happening, I mean, everything about the world has been so strange. So that piece of the puzzle was really, you know, we're all trying to wrap our heads around what's going to happen and our best case scenarios and the worst case scenarios. And I didn't know how it was going to feel either way because we're still also in the midst of being embedded in this pandemic and the coronavirus, COVID-19. You know, there's so many things, so many things happening with our economy, so much warring happening within ourselves and with each other. You know, I was like, if we win, what's going to happen? If we lose, what's going to happen? But it felt like for the first time in a really long time, we were able to taste hope. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know really how all of this is going to unfold because the current president is a wild, wild boy. Um, So we don't really know um, how all of that is going to play out. You know, Joe and Kamala have so much on their shoulders right now, much like Obama did coming in after George Bush. There's so much on their shoulders and so much that has to be healed and so much that has to be repaired. So we'll see how that unfolds. It's a big, big job. But I think ultimately in this moment, something we can really let ourselves do is savor the hope. This idea that, you know, maybe we can be reconnected with the things that we loved about life and people before this year kind of unfolded in the way that it did. So don't think too much about all the things and all the systems and how we're going to make it work. Let yourself take a little moment to dive into that remembrance of what it feels like to be optimistic and to be able to look forward with an idea of the best possible thing happening for our highest good. I am savoring that. I am loving that. And even though, you know, so much hasn't changed with our, you know, our work and our day-to-day lives and all of the things, um, I woke up this morning and I came here and the sky felt brighter and so much more felt possible. So I feel deeply, deeply grateful for that and for this moment. I also want to say, my God, I am beyond thrilled and excited at the knowingness that this incredible woman is going to be the vice president and potentially on the road to a presidency of her own. Obviously, what we have been seeing you know, in our in our feeds, how we've been feeling, this is this is just historic beyond measure. The first female vice president, the first Indian American, Jamaican American vice president, the first woman with brown skin in the White House, my God. And she comes from California. She likes to wear chucks. She's from the town. She's from Oakland. Like, I'm just so excited about the amount of flavor that is going to come into this place and come into this world. And not just that, but the amount of experience, you know, it. there's so much to be said about letting people who know how to do their job do their job. So I'll say that. But I also want to really touch on and share with you guys this fun story that I had. So last year, 
uh, John Witherspoon, may he rest in peace, and his beautiful wife, Angela Witherspoon, they held a fundraiser for Kamala Harris when she was going to be running for the presidency. So this is about a little over a year ago, I believe. Um, and they had this luncheon at their home, and their home is so beautiful, just gorgeous, really enchanting. They had this outdoor luncheon to meet Kamala and to hear her speak. And it was really small. There was probably like maybe 50 people there, tops. And I got a ticket and one of my really close friends who I had on the podcast, Humble Lukanga, incredible human spirit, he and I went to that together and we got to sit directly in front of Kamala. And at that time I was really undecided about what direction I wanted to go in. I mean, I think there was like 15 people in the running for the Democratic seat. But I knew that I needed to see her, and I knew that I needed to hear from her. And so we went to their home, and we got to sit with her for lunch, and she was just exquisite. I mean, both of us throughout the whole day kept looking at each other and just like eyes kind of wild, like, wow, she's magic. It was actually such a beautiful experience. On our way out, there were different community leaders from Los Angeles there, and we had a chance to pray for her. So I actually had a chance to lay hands on Kamala, and we said a beautiful prayer for her and for her journey and for her path. And I hope one day I can find the pictures of that because it was a really special moment that I will never forget. And also something I'm kind of hype about right now is that uh, do you all know what her middle name is? Her middle name is Devi. Devi, D-E-V-I, yes. So, I mean, you know, it doesn't actually mean anything, but at the same time, I'm going to take credit for it and think it's amazing. So there we are. <laughs> so let me catch you guys up. What have I been up to while I've been gone? Well, our last episode aired in April, and that episode, I believe, was revolved around our Divine Timeout Challenge. Big shout out to anybody that happened to do that with us. Uh, it was incredible. We did that on... Um, we did that on karmabliss.com and the new community that I created, which is called Karma Gang, and learned about self-care, really prepared for what this pandemic could or would be. And so that was where I kind of left off with you guys. And there were a couple of reasons why I have been away from the mic. Um, lots of personal reasons, which I won't be diving into as we get through some of these shows, because it gets very spicy and juicy to that respect. Uh, but also, I was in the midst of finalizing this deal of how you're currently hearing me, which was getting this beautiful podcast onto the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. One of my dearest friends, one of my favorite human spirits, Charlemagne the God, has truly made history. And he's launched something that has never been, the Black Effect Network for iHeart. There's never been anything like this. And he just continues to leave me in complete awe of the empire that he has built and continuing to build and the way that his vision operates and the people that he includes. So I'm really, really honored to be back connected to iHeart. I used to be a radio personality with them for quite a while, but so excited to be a part of the iHeart Podcast Network, to be a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network. So many shows speaking to so many things that our spirits, our minds, even our bellies need. <laughs> 
So also, I took on a new beautiful opportunity since I last spoke to you. Many people know that my a lot of my journey really, really deepened when I learned to meditate from Deepak Chopra. And this was roughly eight years ago. I went on my very first meditation retreat that I had ever been on. I was so, so restless and lost and confused at the time. I knew something in my life was calling to be changed. I didn't know what and I didn't know how. And so I found myself at this detox retreat in Carlsbad, California, which is right by San Diego. And it was rooted in Deepak's life practices and his life work. And from that day forward, everything about the trajectory of my life, literally everything changed. And I was able to meet myself so deeply for the very first time. So to have had that experience and then to now, almost eight years later, be able to sit here and tell you that I was appointed in the last several months as chief impact officer of Deepak's company, Chopra Global. And I now serve as the daily voice of meditation and inspiration on the Chopra app. To say it's a dream come true would just be such a silly understatement. It's purpose come to life. And it's really the embodiment of God's voice and the way that he spoke to me many years ago when I chose to transition my career. And so I say that now not to be boastful, even though I do feel extremely proud and excited. But I really say that for anybody that needed it as confirmation and even permission, if you needed that, for you to listen to God and for you to listen to your own heart and listen to your voice. One thing I know for sure is God does not give you a dream that you cannot fulfill. It would not be taking up space in your mind and your heart if you were not called to birth it and to create it and to be it or become it. So I really want to frame this. I really want to sit in the gifts of the pandemic right now. If it feels comfortable for you guys, let's get let's just get comfortable. Let's get comfortable in this show. Let's take a second. Let's sit down. Let's get adjusted. (sighs) And let's just feel presently connected. Let's take a deep breath together if it feels comfortable and you're able. If not, just enjoy this moment. But go ahead and take a deep breath in through your nose right now. And release it through your nose. This is something I like to do when I know it's time to get deep. I like to get really anchored in the present moment and really connected to this exact moment in time that is filled with potential. Let's take another deep breath in. And let yourself release. All right, that is some present moment awareness for that ass. I just really want to extend to you, and I'm going to repeat this so many times. And matter of fact, write this down if you feel so led. None of us are going to get an A on the pandemic. Okay, let me say that louder for the people in the back. None of us are going to get an A on the pandemic. So it is okay. Take some of the pressure off. We are going to find all the tools that we need, and we are going to turn this year that I think many people have internalized as perhaps uh, not being the greatest year. 
Um, I believe we can really reframe this, and this is something I've been working on, is really reframing it as this is the most magical year of my life. When I think about starting 2020, and one of, I, I think one of the episodes, you know, we kind of went through what are our goals for this 2020 vision? And, you know, the goals that I set for my own life and the things that I've written down and the affirmations that I've put up were all rooted around a few particular words. So one of those words was freedom. I wanted to be free. I didn't really know what that meant or how it would manifest, but the words freedom and liberation just sat really, really anchored in my spirit. And so I wrote those down at the top of 2020. And another word that really came forward for me was supernatural grace, ease, lightness of being, and self-mastery. So at the top of the year, when I kind of wrote down what my ideal scene for my life would be and who I wanted to become and how I wanted to feel, those were the words that really anchored my spiritual values. And little did I know, (laughs) little did I know what those words were actually going to turn into. But now as we're at the end of 2020 and I'm seeing how much um, this work has manifested in my life in a way that I could have never fathomed, even in the midst of some of this chaos, even in the midst of some really profound discomfort that I've been walking through, I feel so grateful. I feel so grateful for the opportunity. Sometimes we are so overwhelmed by the amount of trauma that we have to unearth from the experiences of our lives that we avoid it or we're not able to see the gift in it. Sometimes I like to call this the gift wrapped in shit paper, (laughs) right? Like it's still a gift. We got to get through some things to get to it, but there is always a gift underneath it. There's always, I've found this supernatural grace that the divine has woven into every challenge. And when we're able to connect to that thread, that thread of grace and our life's tapestry, the ability for everything to open up and the ability for us to heal in an accelerated way, the ability for us to show up as our highest potential just unpacks and unfolds so beautifully. So for anybody listening right now that is saying, I don't know what opportunity exists in this, I think there's so much beauty in being able to sit in yourself and say, well, at least I'm able to recognize my areas of discomfort. I can call them out by name. I can see them. Because if you can see them, then the path to their dissolving becomes so much more clear. And I think that's what a lot of people and a lot of people listening to this show especially are really realizing about this uh, unique time and really realizing about this moment is that we do have the power to create the life of our dreams even in the most difficult, difficult circumstances. And when we get to the, to the root of what a life of your dream means, it doesn't have anything to do with success. It has everything to do with how we feel about ourselves, how we're able to regulate ourselves, how we're able to experience ourselves and be with ourselves. And I think if we really take the opportunity that this year has afforded us, there is limitless potential for how we can build into that. 
and how we can amplify ourselves regardless of circumstance. And these skills aren't going nowhere because once you learn how to cultivate that, once you learn how to show up for you, you can never unlearn it. Kind of like riding a bike. You can never unlearn it. So often we can get, even when we're committed to growth, we can get a little complacent, right? Um, But this is a lifelong journey and there is going to be a constant shedding that happens for each of us. And I'll say in this moment, you know, I, I really liked the version I, of me I was before this pandemic. I was pretty proud of her and the work that we've done. Um, and I thought I was going to be able to be her for a while. And then this moment in time came up and showed me there was more. And so we all have to just continue to extend the dignity of our process to ourselves and really walk through whatever this is with gentleness, tenderness of self, and as much joy as possible. So that has been my hiatus. And, you know, kind of just observing collectively what is going on in the world, aside from it being a zoo (laughs) and being like sometimes just like outrageously bizarre, um, it's been it's been really fascinating to observe our collective experience. So let's talk about this collective experience that we are all going through together. We have our individual journeys, right? Our spiritual curriculum that we kind of carved and crafted before we embodied on earth. And we have the curriculum of our family systems quite often and the curriculum of our friendships and our socioeconomic backgrounds, and all the different pieces of the recipes that have come together. And then we have our collective experience as humanity. And that's the part that can be more triggering than anything. (laughs) You know how you get a little woke and then you get mad at everybody you know because it's like, why can't you be woke too? Why am I the only one speaking this language? Uh, That's kind of how it is now, right? When we think about the state of our world politically, Something that occurred to me a few days ago that I just thought was so strange is that as we have conversations about Donald Trump, the fact that more of these conversations are not rallied around mental health, it's honestly very strange to me. Mental health has become such a mainstream and really often misunderstood and um, oftentimes kept far too surface aspect of popular culture right now. It's incredibly important, mental health, spiritual health, well-being as a whole. But I feel like because it's become so trendy, a lot of it is just staying in surface level conversations. And it's not coming down to a point that's actually really giving people a blueprint or a map on how to have more access to it or what to do with it outside of now knowing the phrase mental health or knowing that therapists exist, you know, it's like really taking it to that next level of learning how to experience, apply, and then embody. So it's been really interesting to me that although there are so many events and so many shows and so many things that are talking about mental health, why are we not discussing the fact that it's very clear that Donald Trump has illness? I think it's very clear that Donald Trump is on the sociopathic spectrum. I believe him to be a sociopath. I think it's very clear that he is a high-level narcissist as well, really grandizing a pathological liar. 
And I think it's clear that he potentially has borderline personality disorder. And that's just off the top based on my experience and study. So the fact that I don't see more psychologists speaking to this, the fact that I don't see more made of this in the time of mental health, it's so strange. We need to be studying this. And I always will ask of you guys to study yourselves. You know, I'm a big believer that I study myself and I study the world. I'm a student of me. I'm a student of the world. I'm a student of God. And I think it's important that we apply that type of deeper understanding, excavation, and curiosity to all the things that are happening to us in the midst of this global pandemic and in the midst of this Trump era coming to an end. This moment in time that we're experiencing on earth, it's a time that has never been. Sure, we've all seen the newsreels. I mean, it's life has never been easy on earth. Be clear, life has never been even close to ideal or perfect for anyone. We've had major, major things in our human history. You know, we've all been taught, we've all read, we've all experienced um, from our personal lived experience. But then there's a moment like this that is this potluck of experience. (laughs) This potluck of experience um, that is creating a meal that doesn't really go together, but is nourishing us deeply. We have never in human history ever processed this much at the same time before. So let's really get, let's really take stock of where we're at as a human species and the things that we are processing in this moment. One, we're processing a global pandemic, right? We're processing a major, major health emergency that has overtaken the globe. It's filled many of us with fear. There has been an extreme amount of loss of life, an extreme amount of personal discomfort. Things can be very triggering, like wearing masks, feeling like our breath is restricted, having something on your face, being told you can't do something being laid off, being furloughed, having financial hardship, having the routine of your daily life uprooted. That's major, major trauma. We're also experiencing the culmination of centuries of oppression being brought to light in a way they haven't been before, which has also been one of the gifts of the pandemic. Everyone is being forced to sit and to gaze at the world at the same time in real time, process and unpack at the same time in real time, and not be able to avoid themselves or avoid difficult conversations or avoid racism or avoid sexism or avoid any of the things, any of the otherings that have been going on since the dawn of time. We are all forced to look at things at the same time in real time. And for a lot of people who didn't know the deeper reality of what the world looks like for other people with different backgrounds, uh, it's been incredibly probably frightening. It's been incredibly triggering. Um, It's been incredibly shameful, I think, for a lot of people. And there's no way to avoid or distract from that. 
for the people who this has been their lived experience, there's so many layers. One, it's the reliving of trauma. It's the constant sight and sounds and experience of people being murdered, people being oppressed, the effects of systemic racism being spelled out plainly. To really sit in that and to really know there is a percentage of us who are and have been woke to these realities, right? But then there's also a percentage of people who even having lived these realities, didn't have the languaging around it, didn't have the structure around it, didn't have the history lesson or the connectedness to what that lived experience was. And when it starts to shape up around you, it's even more terrifying. It's even more enraging when you're really seeing and giving name and giving word and giving process to what you have known deep inside but hadn't said out loud before. That's trauma. That's traumatic It's the reliving of a historical trauma, a reliving of your own trauma, and then an amplification of and an extending of trauma because now you're putting the pieces together in new ways. You're having conversations in bigger, more vast ways. You're having expansion of self in this process. And the unfairness you already felt is now amplified in every direction and your understanding why things always felt different. You're understanding why things always felt unfair. And you're understanding why no matter what you did or how you filled yourself or what God you prayed to, there was always a seed of not enoughness and unworthiness inside of you that never had anything to do with you. So we're processing that. We're feeling a gratitude for this expansion, but we're also grieving so deeply. And we're also irritated and enraged. And you're really beginning to understand, and thanks to the power of the internet, and thanks to the power of being able to see how different people with different backgrounds are moving through the pandemic, we're really seeing the differences. We're really seeing the classism at play. And we're really seeing how much the effects of systemic racism permeate every fiber of everyone's being in this country and beyond. So that's a lot. So that's one piece of it. Another piece that we're processing at great length right now, especially for women, are all the pieces of the feminist puzzle, all the pieces of the patriarchy unfolding themselves, right? We're really, really understanding for the first time the role that women, and especially women of color, have been forced to carry and endure. So there is this, there is this deep unpacking and this deep unfolding that is all in service to our highest good, but it's all happening at once. We're having larger conversations about gender identity, larger conversations about sexuality that have never happened in human history. People are showing up as their full selves for the first time in the history of ever. And we think, oh, it's 2020. Hey, we have the internet. Hey, we're a modern society. Yeah. But for things to be embodied, we have to have the dignity of our process. For things to be processed, 
We have to have stillness. We have to have our hearts opened. We have to have thought applied to them. So that's part of why the pandemic, which is already difficult, has been feeling even more isolating. There is so much processing happening inside of you on every level of how you've ever believed the world to be true, of how you've ever thought of your family structure, of how you ever thought of yourself, every fiber, every facet of the way we have connected to earth and our identity is being challenged, it's being excavated, it's being illuminated. Also, so many of us are in personal isolation as we're doing this. So if you have been using life and experiences, your job, the roles that you play, your title, fun, friends, to distract yourselves from you, well, now that's been taken away, right? So we are being pushed and propelled to ascend. And I want to reframe it in that way, especially because it's easy for us to go through that list of things that I've just been going through and think how sorry we feel for ourselves or how difficult this is. But in actuality, what a profound gift. We are all being pushed to ascend to a version of ourselves we've never been that's better than we've ever been. But it's challenging and it's hard and it requires work and it requires us really meeting ourselves and to meet ourselves means we have to also look at our monsters We have to also look at the pieces of ourselves we've wanted to hide. We're doing big processing right now and not just for us. And and this applies to whatever background you're from, whatever group you're a part of, whatever culture you represent. We are doing major ancestral healing of trauma right now. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why it feels so heavy. Why even the person that is known as being the strongest, and I know a lot of people listening right now can identify with this, the person who may be the fixer in their family or always known as the strong one is having a really hard time. And that's because we're not just processing for ourselves right now in that long list that I just went through. We're not just healing ourselves in that long list of healing that needs to be done. All the healing all the processing, all the excavation, all of the beautiful self-discovery that we are plowing through right now in record time in this accelerated timeline is also fully in service to the healing of our lineage, past, present, future. So that means us, that means every ancestor that came before us, And that means a shifting of the trajectory of any seeds that come from us. So the stakes are higher. And I say all this not to overwhelm you, (laughs) but to really get you excited about who you are and who you're becoming. As challenging as this moment in time is, and I'm going to really unpack my story for you over the next few episodes, but... In the deepest part of the challenge that this moment in time has presented to me, I wake up and I still think, my God, what a gift. How lucky am I to have been chosen for this exact moment in time, one of the most complex, layered, difficult times in the history of the human race. That processing, that collective processing of grief that collective processing of centuries of unhealed trauma. How lucky am I that the divine saw me fit 
to show up in this moment and in this way. So on your hardest day, reframe in that way. This is opportunity. And the mechanisms of change, the mechanisms of healing, it's something we can always count on to guide the way. When we just look at the structure of what healing is and how it operates, it really gives us a peace because there is an end in sight. You know, I saw this, I saw this meme on Instagram and it was actually a little problematic, not my fave, but it was, it was one of those memes that was like, choose your heart, right? Like marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. This is hard. That is hard. It was problematic. I mean, there, there was uh, some reframing I would have done on that, but I do think it's important to think in that context. I think a lot of people who avoid doing some of the work, one, we got to give them grace because it just may not be in their life's plan. And so they just need to follow God's lead and we do the best we can do. But for those that are really feeling called to change or to grow, um, but are feeling a little too stuck in the older versions of themselves, the outdated versions of themselves, growth is hard, pain is hard, right? Growth is hard, trauma is hard. They're both challenging. They're both difficult. But when we choose growth and when we choose to lean in like a moment like this, there is an end in sight. There is a shifting that happens. The hard changes. There is a peace that takes over the space where that trauma used to sit versus when we choose to stay stuck in our stories and in our narratives and in our trauma and in our pain, we'll just always be there. You know, so when you think of choosing your heart, choosing what you'll give your time to, always bet on yourself, always bet on your advancement. It will never lead you astray. There is always a better to be had when we seek that. And give yourself the dignity of your process. I can't stress this enough. You're not going to get an A on a global pandemic. No one is walking through this unscathed, not a soul. And no one is going to get a prize. There is nothing to be had with feeling like you're doing great at this or judging someone else as not surviving this well, right? Like this is just about our personal process and extending to ourselves the dignity of that process and letting it be whatever it's supposed to be. And for each of us, that's going to be different. And for each of us, that's going to require a certain amount of self-investigation. But there is something to be had here for all of us. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot... And every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. 
Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. All right, we're back, and it's time to lead into a little soul work. So something I'm really excited about doing for the show now is really creating space for opportunities to embody. We've talked quite a bit about what healing process looks like and what the dignity of our own individual process looks like. And part of that extension of dignity to ourselves and healing is giving ourselves time to savor the lesson and to embody the newer version of ourselves. And the work isn't complete until we process and embody. So first comes the intellectualization. We get the information, we get the knowledge. Then comes the process. We apply it to ourselves. We see what fits. We see what we can let go of and what we can add. And then we embody, we live it. It seeps out of our pores. It enters the room before we get there. And that's the piece that we're really going to refine as we go through the episodes of this podcast, okay? We're going to process, we're going to intellectualize, we are going to embody, we are going to master. So a little journal prompt that I have for you to really lead you into this week and anchor you into whatever work you are currently doing with yourself, with your soul, would be, and if it feels comfortable, go ahead and grab a pen to jot this down or revisit this a little bit later. But your soul work for the week is take stock of how you feel right now. Do a little self-inventory. I highly recommend this tool as something to really do every quarter, uh, but at minimum once a year, either on the new year or on your new year, which is your birthday. But sit down, get a piece of paper, get a journal out, and I want you to just, without judgment of self, just really start writing down either novel style or bullet-pointed inventory, personal inventory of how you are feeling about yourself and your life right now. And it's really important to try to come to this space from a neutral feeling. So if it's comfortable and if you have the bandwidth for it, I would recommend sitting down and meditating for a few moments before you do this, making sure that you don't have any emotional charge connected to any specific thing. And then just write down without judgment how you feel. And it's okay if it's 
I feel terrible today. It's okay if it's, I feel all right today. It's okay if it's, I feel great today. None of that matters. There is no test. You're not going to get an A or an F based on how you feel. This is just for you to connect to the innermost part of you and get clear on where your work lies. So take personal inventory this week and just jot down with bullet points how you're feeling in every sector of your life, personally, professionally, all of the facets, all of the roles. Let's just get it on paper and let's observe it from a very neutral space. And then we'll talk about what to do with it next week, okay? Deal? Take a second right now as we close out the show. Let's just get comfortable. I just have a few words to share with you. So if you can, if you're able, just gently close your eyes. Let's kind of go from the top of our head to the tips of our toes and just do a really nice little scan of ourselves and our bodies, our emotions, our energetic bodies. And anywhere that you might be holding tension, Anywhere that feels a little stuck, go ahead and like move your neck from side to side if it feels good. (sighs) Loosen your shoulders, loosen your jaw, wiggle your toes, and let's just get soft. And now just naturally breathing in and out through your nose at a pace that feels good to you. I want you to hear my voice and the words that I'm saying and then repeat them to yourself, either out loud or silently deep inside. I am worthy. I am worthy. I am enough. I am enough. I am equipped with all the tools I need for this life. I am equipped with all the tools I need for this life. Love you guys. Catch you next week. Namaste. Hey, find me on social. Let's connect at Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe and send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Tribble and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes. Real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? 
You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my Prevna 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.